Welcome to part four of an interview with Roman Harambura on his book, The Dream Assassin, Volume 1. All right, shall we go to the next question? Please. Okay, so, uh, when I read the story on Mystical Man, discovering there was a massive conspiracy to take over America by destroying the American economy with billions of dollars in counterfeit money, but to also sell a toxic narcotic drug that would kill hundreds of thousands of people and all over the United States to create fear within the populace, let alone all the billions of dollars of weaponry, then finding out there are thousands of terrorists in America waiting for the right moment to destroy the very foundation of democracy. Yet this character you created from your dreams called Mystical Man just vaporizes everything into dust. In fact, beyond dust. Can you explain how you used your dreams to come up with such a powerful, limitless being, as you put it? Well, the funny thing is, Michael, it's it's a hard concept to, I think, for many people to, to truly grasp. And that's not being disrespectful because we are all conscious beings. Just some of us are a little different in our, say, path through through our life. I've chosen a path to be here to present knowledge and that's what I'm about, knowledge. And in the in the time of sleeping, everything you read in this book is reality in my dreams. Just like that guy called Stephen King, where he creates those horror movies. He actually dreams all that. A lot of it. Well, on the other side, I'm dreaming about mystical man. And even when I'm doing volume two now, I still have experiences all about that. And I remember everything that I dream about that. And he literally annihilates that entire group of terrorists there because that is the purpose of them coming and destroying the democracy of a country that that believes in freedom. Mm. And the only way that you destroy a country is you infiltrate their currency by adding hundreds of billions of dollars in counterfeit money. And you'll end up destroying the economy. That's the truth. Wow. Yeah, it's clever. So it's, 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 making, it's making people realize that there are actually terrorists in every country. That's what they've been doing for the last 50 years is going to every country. Sorry, did you say the last 50 years? About the last 50 years, it's got very heavy, yes. Really? In, in, like in the real world, terrorists are yeah. going into every country? That's right. Wow. They're learning more about computers. They're learning. It's like the mafia in the past. You mm. know, the mafia in the past, um, they would just come along. They would have a big shootout. Um, a lot of people would get shot. Some go to jail. And that's sort of about it. Today... They change their tactics. They literally buy out businesses and their genuine companies creating money. And that's why I created Sean Crowley, who's um, a massive terrorist, and he supports terrorism. And he's an American. And everybody thinks he's the most loving man out because he donates hundreds of millions of dollars every year to hospitals and societies and orphanages and everything. But in truth, he supplies all the weaponry and all the money worldwide 
to create tourism. Wow. Okay, my next question. I want to get down to the nitty-gritty by taking a back step to how this mystical man created a character you called Andy Truman, who played Superman superhero around the 1960s with mystical man impersonating him as part of a stunt, as you call it, uh, in promoting the first huge magic show at the Yankee Stadium. What was the main purpose in doing that? Okay. I thought about it for a little while, about creating something that he could market. And you know how there used to be a man by the name in the old, in the 60s called uh, George Reeves? George Reeves was the original Superman. Do you mean Christopher Reeves? No, 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 oh. no, no. No, Christopher Reeves was his son. Oh, okay. Okay, and George Reeves was the original Superman, and he played on those half-hour series for a very long time as the Superman. Now, you can't use a real person, their name, because it can become um, a little dangerous when it comes to copyright. Mm. So what I did, I created a man called Andy Truman to be Superman with also the name Superman Superhero instead of George Reeves. Right. Did he look the so same? He's a, no. He's no? a fictitious okay. character in reality. But you can't use the original character without the permission from the original writers. And that's just too much work. But I wanted him to be created so he could market his first free show as well as his new show at New York Yankee Stadium. Yeah. So he became Andy Truman as Superman and leaped off the Empire State Building where the original Superman um, – came off or supposed to have actually committed suicide. Oh, wow. Right? Deep. <laughs> yeah. So Andy Truman, he comes off as Superman, but in reality, it's Mystical Man taking on his formation in the original Superman suit. Wow. And, it, and when he actually eventually comes down and hovers and he takes the old gentleman for a ride, who used to love the Superman show. It explains it in the book. You probably remember that part. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He then talks to Anne Hicks, who is the editor, the chief editor from CNN. And she asks these questions, and he literally hovers there explaining why he did what he did to create a marketing plan through CNN for the new show at New York Yankee Stadium. And that's the reason why I created Andy Truman instead of George Reeves. Wow, I see. Awesome. Um, this uh, next question is about the show being held at the New York Yankee Stadium. You stated in one of the other questions that you were inspired by your dreams, obviously, in writing this new book of yours. And I was lost for words when I read the part of you creating a massive snake you called Sasha from a two-meter pole which ended up being some 30 metres in length. That's right. So was it, my question is, do you, did you actually experience this phenomenon in your dreams or is it from your imagination? 
well, it's not actually from my imagination, but it's a little different. Um, how will I explain this? Okay, I travel sometimes within different vibrations, and sometimes I enter a body in a multidimensional world to perform a certain act or a certain thing that the original host could not do because they may have died. So there was a multidimensional world that was plagued by a snake that had a dragon head oh, and wow. it was eating hundreds and hundreds of different people. How it got to their world, no one ever knows. But because I'm, what you say, very well versed in spirit world when it comes to using swords, I've trained really hard in spirit world to use swords mm -hmm. really well. And in this world that I was at, there was this massive snake. And when I saw my body, I looked down what I was dressed in and I had these two long swords over my back like like yep. an X. Yep, yep, yep. And I saw this massive snake and I said, oh, my God, <laughs> what the hell is that? And it would have been 30 meters long, like which is nearly 100 feet. Wow. And it had this body that was – you couldn't wrap your arms around. It was so huge. It was massive. And the head was like 15 – maybe 20 times the size of, say, 15 or 20 heads of a human male. Yeah. And it was a dragon, had no feet, and it was black and very scaly, had really powerful, shiny scales. They shone. It was just incredible. If the sun hit them, it would send off this un unbelievable rays oh, yeah. that would literally blind you. Wow. And I literally removed its head. <laughs> That's why you rocked up there. You were kind of guided to, Absolutely. without knowing, you just kind of rocked yeah. up there, yeah. And when I woke up from that experience, I was saturated in sweat. Oh. My body and my bed was saturated in sweat. Wow. And wow. That's, that's where it gave me the inspiration of creating Sasha. Yeah. As wow. a snake. And how I, sorry, Michael, how I created it was from a little pole that was in the top pocket it was only certain centimetres long and I took it out and I threw it and it landed on its edge on this huge stage and I told it to grow and it grew to about two to three metres and then it became a snake and then the snake grew to 30 metres in length and it was called Sasha purple, purple. with the most beautiful white swirls through it Wow. And what it did, it devoured me. It was starting, and I had this person playing a flute and music that hypnotized the snake in a way. And it was moving with me. And Mystical Man was dancing all over the stage in this rhythmic movements. So was the snake. And then suddenly Mystical Man throws his hands up and the snake goes way up in the air. And when he came down, Mystical Man just put his hands down to his side and knew what was going to happen. And the snake totally engulfed him. And he continued dancing, which is funny, <laughs> quite hilarious, really. And everybody in the audience, you can just imagine, will be saying, oh, my God, where's Mystical Man? He's gone. But then what happened, as the snake shot up in the air, it came down again and suddenly started to dissipate back into a three-meter pole. 
And all it was was this one three-meter pole in the center of the stage, vibrating. <laughs> and all the audience was just looking. And suddenly, on the left, an arm popped out. On the right, an arm popped out. A leg popped out. Another leg popped out. And then it started dancing to the same rhythm. <laughs> well, you imagine everyone would start laughing their heads off. The audience went crazy. Right? And eventually, Mystical Man pulled himself out of the actual stick. And he, it's like, like a cartoon yep. character coming out of something. Yep. And there he was standing there still doing the dancing. And the pole shrunk right back down. He picked it up and put it back in his pocket. <laughs> and that's where Sasha was created. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I appreciate, I have to say it now, like how deep you went with what you said then, because some people might be listening and thinking, Hang on, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing what I'm hearing, but what am I hearing? And I have to say, like, I've known you since 2005, and, yeah, I've heard stories like this, and I, they just delight me so much, the potential of a, a human being. Uh, so thank you for that. <laughs> I was thinking of thanking you at the end, but I just want to, like, because people would be listening, and, like, you, you woke up in sweat, you're completely sweating. It's like they're realizing what's actually happened. Um, speaking no, of... And I uh, lost weight. I lost weight, too. Did you really? I did actually. I actually lost weight. I can't remember how much it was back then, but I actually lost weight. I couldn't believe it. But I'm, I'm not joking. The bed was like I was in a river. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what's really funny, I went back to sleep. And when I woke, the bed was dry. Yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> that can happen that to was you, phenomenal. doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's happened a few times. <laughs> that's right. I'm just pacing around my lounge room now like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> this concludes part four of an interview with Roman Harambeurer on his book, The Dream Assassin, Volume 1. For more on Roman and his other books, visit etcconsciousness.com and for his latest book, visit thedreamassassin.com. My name is Michael Yon. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more.